I promise I haven't been drinking yet. Please stand clear of the beers. Por favor, manténganse alejada de la cerveza. So while you wake. Three Sheets to the Mouse is an adult-themed podcast. Hey everybody, this is Whistling Disney, a couple's podcast. Three Sheets to the Mouse may contain language and subject matters that aren't suitable for smaller aviators. And in true Southern fashion, we open up our homes to you, tell you to come on in, sit down, grab a drink. Okay, let's review. That is F-bombs, earmuffs, get drunk, smoke them if you got them, and send nudes. Anything else? Oh yeah, enjoy the show. and welcome to a special crossover episode with Whistling Disney. We're here on Three Sheets the Mouse and we are normally five average guys, but tonight I'm joined by the lovely host of Whistling Disney, Brant Burke. Hey, what's happening? And Sydney, thank God I don't have to say Waggus back ever again. <laughs> you, Burke. You finally got it right though. I know. Like the last episode she's listening. The last, yeah, I was like <laughs> the last episode I'm like, Scott got it right. And it's not even my name anymore. I- I know. I can, I. You know what? It's about time. <laughs> it only took took about a what year and a half. Yeah. Right. And uh, and joining us from Three Sheets of the Mouse is uh, Trent Nesbitt. Hey, I I actually am not going to change Sydney's last name on my phone either because I finally spelt it right, and it's just going <laughs> to fucking stay that way. <laughs> I didn't I didn't change it in mine either. She's still Sydney Waggs back in my phone too. That's all right. Andrew is still Andrew Green in mine. There you go. We've been married for almost a decade. <laughs> but uh, but we're here to talk to you about uh, a little special episode. So uh, Sydney and Brant on their honeymoon, which if you go over to Whistling Disney, uh, and if you're on Whistling Disney, you, you're obviously going to hear the episode. They spent an evening at Victorian Alberts. Yeah. We actually uh, we just released a full recap of the honeymoon and we literally left this chunk out just to do it with you guys so it's like a little gap where we talk about a special episode coming up so here it is we're gonna put it uh put it out obviously on three sheets but whistling disney here's gonna be your like a little input for that missing chunk of our honeymoon i think you know i think this was this is sydney's is super excited to talk about this though i am it was an amazing night so let's sit down. We'll talk a little Disney parks, a little Disney booze, and a little bit of debauchery in between. So sit back, relax, grab. Uh, it's got to be some like four hundred dollar drink. I don't know what would be four hundred dollars, but grab something really expensive <laughs> and enjoy the adult side of Disney with three sheets of the mouse and whistling Disney. Is so it moonshine out of a jar, Scott? Is that what's no, expensive? No, no. You said forty four hundred, not forty cents. <laughs> Whatever gets the job done. <laughs> we, yep, you know we talked about it. Trenton's all about the destination. <laughs> Doesn't matter how he gets there. Hash, yeah. Hashtag get fuzzy. 
I sprint marathons and then pass out about a mile in. <laughs> and don't uh, finish. So so speaking of speaking of moonshine, Trenton, is that what you're drinking tonight? It it actually is, Scott. <laughs> it's uh yeah. This night might be fuzzier in my face after I, I start sipping on this. Hashtag get fuzzy. Hashtag get Hashtag get fuzzy. Get fuzzy. Uh, what kind of what, what does it taste like? It it's dark. Like, it looks it, like cold brewed coffee. It's a lot of cinnamon. So it's apple cinnamon. So look, we can apple pie. There's no shame in this. We can tell. We can tell the truth. We we got that from Uncle Tim and Terry, and we just couldn't put it in the owner's locker because it's an amazing jar. We just were unsure about the stability of it in the uh, in the owner's locker. So Trent and Stephanie were driving. Yeah. So we just said, hey, you know what? In, enjoy this little gift. We're gonna, you know, pass it on to you. I'm sure Uncle Tim and Terry would be happy to know that Trenton is absolutely loving it right now. <laughs> he's having the, he's got the biggest smile on his face uh, as yeah. he's drinking this, drinking this down. It looks like it just tastes like liquid gold. Yeah, Chase, liquid, cha- like molten gold. Yeah, exactly. It's like lava. chasing it with a diet coke. Yeah. Well, how do you how do you stop magma? You. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Ask Kilauea. Yeah, you don't live on the Big Island, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, Brent, what do you got tonight? Uh, I am drinking. Uh, I just poured a glass of a uh, Smooth Ambler. It's their yearling bourbon whiskey. It's a small batch, three years, six months. It's pretty crazy because it actually kind of reminds me of the Stranahan's. It's pretty barley, kind of uh, centric. So pretty good. Not the best Smooth Ambler, but I am a Smooth Ambler like fanboy. So I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, was the yearling the movie where they shot the horse? You got me. Oh, that's an old. Might movie. have been. You're older than I am, so. <laughs> am I? Am I the oldest? Am I finally the oldest one on a show? How old are you? Thirty-six. Yeah, Thirty-three. Holy God shit! Damn. I'm finally the adult in the room. <laughs> 30, 30, now, look, thirty-six <laughs> going on seven. Now you have to act like it the the entire show. <laughs> Yeah right, <laughs> uh, Sydney. What are you What are you drinking there tonight? Uh, Corona Premier tequila and cheap white wine. The trifecta. Yeah, the trifecta. Oh shit! That is the white girl. That that, that is the white girl trifecta. <laughs> should I Should I call your job now and let you know you're not going to be there? Or <laughs> really more my my trainer? I'm worried about making yeah it to workouts in the morning. Yeah. My job it's not till eight, so I'll get there. That's that six a.m. workout's going to be rough. But uh, Cindy and I have felt yeah. like a new passion, and I'm gonna admit, like this this Corona Premier. If you want to feel like you're drinking healthy, is fucking like water. It literally but goes down good. like water. That's the problem. It's with less, it. it's a it's gonna be a good summer beer for us. I can feel it. Yeah, you know, way way back in the day, Bud Select did that like 55 calorie yep. beer, and I just remember in college it was like it was like five dollars for a six pack. Anytime you can pay less than a dollar a beer for halfway decent beer. All right, taste test. Kay. We're going to fill one bottle with Bud Select. We're going to fill the other bottle with my piss after drinking a real beer. And Scott's going to tell me which one he likes better. Well, the, so you're going to fill one with Corona? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey. Tastier than that shit. Hey. This is expensive, though. It's like nine bucks for a six pack. Is it? It, it is a lot. Is it? Uh, every, every beer now, even like Budweiser is like... Well, Eight it's, bucks for a six pack. It's the low carb trend because I got some Michelob Gold the other day because on on Josh Wozni's um uh what's the word I'm looking for? I'm drinking moonshine. Facebook personal page. page? Facebook page. His suggestion. Yeah. His suggestion. And uh, it's at, it was like fifteen ninety nine for a twelve pack. 
Ah! Yeah. For Michelob? Ultra gold. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but Trent, you're right, because I used to work at a bar and they domestic beers were like three twenty five, but ultras they charged four dollars because they knew people would order those more. So it's Oh not, yeah, basic white bitches want yeah. that shit. Did you just call yourself a basic white bitch there, Trent? Yep, the bearded lady. <laughs> um but tonight I have a I have a bottle that is on recommendation from uh, this guy Brant, and that's uh, Stranahan Sherry Cask. Oh yeah. So everyone from the show knows I'm much more of a Scotch guy. I like single malt Scotch. I like blended Scotch. Oftentimes those are those are barreled in Sherry Cask to kind of give it that extra like like fruity flavor, a little little bit of like spice notes to it. So this one is aged for uh, eight months, I think it is. In, uh, oh no, aged in four, aged for four years and then finished in uh, Spanish Oloroso Sherry Cask. It is, Stranahan's is one of my new favorite American whiskeys. It's all barley. It's four different types of barley. So it's got a scotch kind of uh, heritage. And then they usually age it for about four years, which is a pretty decent amount of time for a, for a whiskey, for an American whiskey. It is. I I think I fell in love with it when I, I took the factory last year and I sent a bunch of pictures. But it is like it's the coolest thing. It's four ingredients: water, barley, the barrel, and yeast for fermentation. And that is like absolutely the only thing in there. And it's it's pretty awesome. It's it's really really good. And uh, I found out a little bit more about the uh, about the whiskey itself. They actually ha- uh, they actually basically sign up volunteers to come and bottle the whiskey once it's done once it's done barreling and then they sign they sign your uh your bottle when they bottle it or they sign like the label on your bottle and um and then you get uh, basically you get someone's hand bottled whiskey it's pretty cool i don't i don't really realize that yeah it's pretty cool um and not that expensive i mean the 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 stranahan's yellow label was like 40 does sydney drink whiskey she has like i, I so i'll tell you she I tell you what, she's not a huge whiskey fan, but she's a fan of me. Unless, a, unless it's unless it's Jack and Diet Coke. No, Jack and regular Coke. Regular Coke. Or, she doesn't go to Diet. Jeff, Jack and regular Coke. She's not a huge Jack and Di- Jack and Diet is this guy over yeah. here. Yeah, I don't, I don't do Diet Coke. She's not a huge fan of of like bourbon and stuff, but she's a huge. I appreciate fan of, it. She's a huge fan of me collecting it, which I am a huge fan of. Cindy doesn't drink Diet Coke because she already weighs one hundred and five pounds. That's not really fair. Please, I gained seven pounds on the honeymoon, so I should be drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> well, and, and to be fair, you gained those seven pounds because you had a ten-course meal at a ten-course meal at Victorian Alberts. So, so tonight we want to go over we want to go over the Victorian Alberts menu that you guys did and get your thoughts on it. Uh, Trenton uh, is classically trained. I am. Yeah, uh, he's a classically trained chef, and I've just taught myself how to cook damn good meals. There you go. So this night was, dare I say, phenomenal. Can we start? Can we start with with you ditching us first? What happened now? You, you ditched us to go to dinner. We did. Well, I mean, we weren't going to treat you. <laughs> That's for sure. I sent Scott up. We brought you leftovers. Yeah, we did bring you leftovers. I, I, okay. And you, so we'll, and you, okay, we'll get into that, so shut yeah. your mouth, yeah. So we're going to talk about <laughs> on the way from Magic Kingdom, though? Did you talk about that on Whistling Disney already? We did talk about that in Whistling Disney all, Okay, already. okay. So that's that's covered in, in Whistling Disney. 
pretty much pretty much Whistling Disney stopped with after our photo shoot. So if you want to get the, if you want to get up until this point, go listen to Whistling Disney episode, the honeymoon recap. It will bring you up until right now. But I want to lead in, Scott, before we get into the menu, because Cindy and I talked about this. We actually saved a little something that we love so much, and we want to lead into to actually let's, Victoria. Let's Nava's. do it. So, Cindy, you you tell me about what we love to do before we do anything nice in Disney. We do this. Well, don't tell don't tell him about it. Tell us tell about him. it. I don't know these stories. Yeah, you're right. So she's right. So. We never do this unless we're dressed up and stuff, but our favorite thing to do when we're dressed up is to go to Misner's. And we usually get one of Oh hell yeah. We get one of the little two top tables. We love the like bar nuts or whatever they give you. A little pub mix. It's amazing. Pub mix. Yeah. We usually have a drink or two or three when we sit down there. And so we decided we were gonna leave enough time between pictures and dinner to get a drink there. And we sat down there and I think what do we get? Old fashions? Yeah, and I, and so we Crazy thing is, we went there before we met Tim and Terry at California Grill because um, we were on the monorail, so we were taking the monorail over to Contemporary. Anyway, we left early, stopped there, and we got an old fashioned, I think, and you got it with Woodford Reserve, which is kind of what their house bourbon is. Um, but this time I was like, Sid, we're going to Victoria and Albert's. Get you a Blanton's old fashioned. Ooh. So. It burned the whole way down. <laughs> I could, I, I'm not good at telling the difference in taste, but I could definitely tell it burned a lot more than Woodford did. I mean, I don't know if that's just it's it, well, it's it's a higher proof for sure. I think it is, but I, you know, it could have just been the poor of the bartender knowing, hey, this person ordered a nicer bourbon. I'm going to make sure it's a bourbon forward cocktail. That's what I that's what I that's, that's what I nice. think was. Misner's is is one of the few places you well, well yeah one of the few places the only place you could up until the opening of the Edison get an aviation. They they uh, Tammy the bartender there can make an aviation. Um, we haven't met we haven't met Tammy, but we need to ask for her next time because there'll definitely be a next time. It's the only place you get like the pub mix anywhere in Disney. It's one of the only places you get something free in Disney. Yeah. yeah. Do they still have the wasabi peas there? Oh, yeah, they're yeah. in the mix. Yes. Which we talked the lady into telling us where they get the mix from, and we just ordered some today. So if you go over go over to Whistling Disney, uh, go over to their Facebook page and make sure you uh, make sure you ask Brant and Sydney. For this secret uh, pub mix, because it is really, really, really ridiculously good. You bought three pounds of it. <laughs> I'm texting him right now. Hold on. <laughs> uh, says, uh, yeah. We're not telling you. We're until not telling after you this. until after the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see your trickery yeah, there. Right. I thought I had you guys. Uh, but it is. It is also the only place you can get some really ridiculously high end. Uh, pours of drinks. Um, we've talked about it on the show with with Daniel Whittington, uh, it, our episode, our special episode with him, right around episode fifty. Um, that that's the only place you can get Macallan M in Disney. I tried to I tried to talk Brandon to buying a shot of it. <laughs> I was getting ready to, <laughs> at three hundred dollars an ounce. I was getting ready to say she was about two old fashions in on Tuesday night, not Victorian Albert's night. And she's trying to convince me to buy a Macallan M. And I'm like, has anyone ever had their wife tell them to buy a Macallan M? And they were like, no, babe, no, no, babe. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anyone who would who would say, yeah, let me do that. I mean, she, I, think, cause it's, I had the green light. No, I think he thought it was a trap. It was one of those, like, you do whatever <laughs> you want, babe. And then when you do it, I'm like, why would you do that? It's a trap. Sydney, he, did, he didn't that's, think that's that like was a trap. He knew. <laughs> it wasn't a trap. trap. It really wasn't. 
Uh, you can also get uh, Louis the Thirteenth there. Uh, yeah, they ha- again same same price. They have the perfect it's pour, expensive pearl pour program, which actually is something that Louis does. They actually train mm-hmm. the bar staff on pouring into this particular jigger, and they have I think you can buy like I want to say it was like three quarters of an ounce, an ounce, an ounce and a half, two ounces, and there it's priced accordingly. But they literally have this thing where they train the bartender to make a absolutely perfect pour. It's kind of kind of crazy. So it's something that they do nationwide for these fancy fancy restaurants. It's pretty neat. Uh, but you can you can get a, a, a number of uh, a number of amazing scotches, bourbons, uh, at this point. ports. They have and they have like thir- they have th- they have a thirty year old tawny port. But uh, but also you can get cigars there. Yeah, you can go. You can grab a cigar there and smoke a cigar. Do they let you smoke inside still? I never saw anybody smoking, but right outside is a balcony with a smoking section. Okay, so that's that's where you go. Yeah. yeah. So if you go out of Misner's, there's the man's. I can't remember what it's called, but what's what's it called? Mm-hmm. Like Commanders, some Commanders. It's the uh, the Admiral's Watch or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like the little men's shop, and then right past that, there's mm-hmm. a little balcony that's a smoking section. So yeah. I'm assuming you probably have to go out there. I can't imagine them letting anybody no, puff cigars No, I, I didn't see anybody smoking. But we, we just like it because it's like quiet, and everybody in there is normally on the same level of just wanting to chill and have a nice drink. Not too many people yeah. slamming shots at the bar no. or no. getting rowdy no. or groups of ten cutting up. It's usually two to four people. I wouldn't do a yeah. sheet up there. Yeah, it wouldn't be a place for a sheet up, I wouldn't think. Would I, would I like it? Would you like it? No, nah, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Wow, that was definitive and quick. <laughs> you didn't even think. <laughs> no, nah. nah, you shouldn't do that. I'm trying to think of the name of the band. I want uh, oh, The Grand Floridian Society Orchestra, or Jazz Appreciation, whatever that it was. That's not what I thought you were going to Ama- say. They're amazing. Awesome. Um, absolutely amazing. They are, they are really amazing. Yeah. If you like jazz music, if you like big band swing music... They play dis- They play. They play like everything from Glenn Miller to you know Duke Ellington to Louis Armstrong to Disney jazz versions. They're yep. Disney which jazz you're versions. Hearing, are awesome. Which you're hearing right now. Yeah. Because they're playing in the background. That's so awesome. That sounds amazing. I love them. Uh, I love. I love that band. Yeah. They're really good. So, I'll cut back to one thing. I don't know. We did talk about it on Listen to Disney, but. One thing that's cool too is the piano player downstairs that plays whenever they basically take a break. It's the piano player downstairs, and he takes requests. Mm-hmm. He takes requests, which is awesome. We danced to him. One of the, we talked about Wizard Disney, but we danced to him. But it was kind of at a request that we got to do. That. Well, he asked us. We were taking pictures, taking our pictures, and um, the piano's locked. And he ran over there. He's like, "I'm gonna unlock the piano for y'all, so y'all can take some pictures." And when we got done taking our pictures by the piano. He sat down to start playing. And he asked if we, if there was anything we wanted to hear, and I was like, "Well, our wedding song is Beauty and the Beast," and he just started playing it, and so we got to dance in the middle of Grand Floridian to our wedding song, and our photographer took pictures. It was it was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And everyone in the lobby literally like was st- stood up and was like watching us. It was pretty crazy, and we sucked at dancing, but we didn't really give a give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two white kids dancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so so after after Misers, you you head down to uh, uh, head down to Victorian Alberts. Yeah. Tell us tell us what it's like walking in there. It's like nothing else I've ever experienced. I mean, they the, they came out, they opened the doors for us. There was this what do you call it, like a maitre d? 
I guess. I think the main mm-hmm. thing was is there's a little hostess stand that's for like Citricos and and Victorian Alberts. But Citricos is like an open gap, right? From what I remember. Like there's a hostess stand, but like behind it was Citricos. But then Victorian Alberts was like a, a big wooden door. Yeah, but I felt like when we told the hostess stand we were there for Victorian Alberts, she the like, doors immediately opened. Yes. There wasn't even like a time lapse between. I felt like this was a magic band moment where they knew we were there. If it makes sense, because we literally told the hostess, I turned to my left and the door swung open and they were like, Mr. Burke, Mr. and Mrs. Burke. And I was like, what? Like they opened the, they opened the door to the <laughs> restaurant. The maitre d' opened the door to the restaurant and like invited us in. Knew, knew our names. Yeah. That's, that's it's fucking nuts. Amazing. It's fucking nuts. Now you, now there is a dress code there. Absolutely. You guys, absolutely. you guys are dressed up. Men must wear jacket and tie. Was it? No, not a tie. Tie is not required. Jacket is required. Oh, which is crazy because I saw required. people without without a tie. But when I looked back at it, it said it, jacket, slacks, closed toe shoes for men. Mm-hmm. Ladies dress. Maybe it was another requirement, but it was usually definitely they dress. don't really enforce the ladies. They know because well, they know if it's if a it's, men's, a men's a, in a full suit, a woman knows what to wear. Yeah, and and only reason I say that, and maybe it is okay. Well. Maybe it is a tie required, but the gentleman that was sitting at the table across from us did not have a tie on. He had a very nice suit on, kind of Miami Vice style, open, you know, open chest. But um, Disney can kind of be lax with the dress code. I can just tell you that. I wouldn't expect it at Victorian Alberts. I wouldn't expect somebody to get get in there without a jacket. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe they let it slip on a on a tie. I don't know. I have heard I have heard from uh, reviews and and other stories about Victorian Alberts. If you don't have a jacket. They will bring you one, so you must wear a jacket. I can, I can definitely believe that. I can definitely believe that. So, they, we, I mean, we checked it. We'll talk to them for. Basically, they welcomed us in and took us straight to our table, sat us down, and told us this was our table for the entire night. Uh, it was going to take about three hours. They said expect for about three hours of dining, and it just mm-hmm. kind of started from there. Yeah, I mean, we walked in, though, and I guess I was so blown away by them opening the door, greeting us, having a maitre d' there, and immediately escorting us to our table, which was already prepared for us, that I didn't even get to look in the into the main dining room. We were very fortunate enough that we were able to book the Queen, uh, Queen Victoria room, which is only four two-top tables, so eight people in an entire room. It was actually a pretty large room from what I expected it, it to be. It was, it was fairly large room. And when we sat down at the table and the guy kind of gave us a spill and walked away, I told Sydney, I'm like, I don't even know what the restaurant looks like. I literally, I'm, all I know is this room. I was so like focused on the maitre d', I didn't even get to like see the entire the entire restaurant, which I saw later whenever we whenever we walked out because we didn't leave till freaking God knows what time. But, where you where you waved to the peasants that were there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we princess waved to them. <laughs> kind of gave them yeah, but uh, but yeah. the uh, so the Queen Victoria's room is a closed door. Uh, dining room with uh, was the fireplace gone? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, yeah it was gone. We we sat we sat adjacent. We sat we sat on the opposite end of the fireplace. They have a fireplace gone, and above it is a pictor uh, a portrait of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. Yep. Uh, obviously, the uh, the reigning the longest no second longest reigning monarch in British history. Prince Albert? No, Queen Victoria. Monarch. Monarch. Prince Albert was just a consort. He can't. Be oh, okay. It's like it's like uh, Queen Elizabeth and, uh, and 
Prince uh, Philip. Oh, yeah. I totally understand now, for sure. Yeah. Um, All right, peasant. But but it seats eight, it seats only eight guests, so it's a full room dedicated to only eight guests, uh, complete with an exclusive uh, wine pairing. So these wine pairings are exclusive only to this room. So if you're in the main dining hall, you can't actually get the wine pairings that these guys had. It's a it's a uh, uh, it's a once in a lifetime experience, I would say, right? Yeah, and what which is crazy is we actually did not do the wine pairing because I know when we started we started looking at it and we don't we don't drink a ton of different types of wine. And uh-huh. I talked to my brother; he had been and he said they split a wine pairing and it was a hundred and fifty dollars a person for the wine pairing. So we opted yes, to is. get a three hundred dollar bottle of wine we knew we were gonna like. Instead of Ooh, paying, fancy. instead of paying three hundred yeah. bucks for wine, half of them—I mean, it was ten. It was like a flight of ten different wines, and over half of yes. half of them were white. And besides mm-hmm. Sydney's white girl wasted Pinot Grigio Woodbridge that she likes to drink, <laughs> she really doesn't drink any other any other white wine, much less a fifteen dollar a glass, essentially white white wine, right? right? I mean, this whole bottle was a half gallon for like four bucks. It was twelve ninety nine. Okay, so, <laughs> so, and and I, and I totally understand that because these are some adventurous wines that, if you're not, and I know they're paired specifically to go with the food, right? Um, but if you're not into Rieslings, which I'm not, it would be tough to enjoy it. No, Rieslings, Savion Blancs, Chardonnay. I mean, mm-hmm. stuff I can't even pronounce. <laughs> You know, it's oh, I'm okay with I'm a, I'm okay with a nice oaky buttery chardonnay. That's that I'm okay with. And, and we probably would have been too, but it was just a simple fact that I wouldn't want to gamble on ten glasses. First, first of all, right, ten fucking glasses of wine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he made our waiter made our one bottle last all night for both of us. Which was one thing that was amazing. We ordered one bottle of wine. It last it lasted us well. We had a glass. We had a glass of champagne to start. Uh-huh. And then he made a bottle of wine last us the rest of the the rest of the night, which is great. So before we get into the dish, though, just about the room, some things that I re- I remember mm-hmm. about the room is this is where they had all the high end booze displayed. So they had two little car- they had two little carts, and it had like all of the, like the Louis, the Macallan M, super super decanter bottles, high end Macallan, all that was displayed in this room on like these little. I would say two by two little kind of car- like little carts, little end table kind of kind of things. So you were in the room with, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars of liquor, yeah. like right there next to your table, kind of like luring you to, <laughs> to, to ask, "Hey, what is that?" You know? Oh, that's oh, that's twenty five grand worth of booze. <laughs> and I remember about the room. I was cold right when we sat down. I was like rubbing my arms like I was cold. I didn't say anything. And the major D came over and he asked me, are you cold? And I told him, I said, when this, because there was a door that the servers were coming in and out next to us. I said, when this mm-hmm. door opens, I'm cold. And he said, well, can I offer you a cashmere shawl from Israel? And I was like, no, I'm good. And Brent hits me under the table and I look at him. He said, take the shawl, take the shawl. I'm like, okay. So they, so- <laughs> they brought her a Israeli woven cashmere shawl for her to just have over her shoulders for the duration she had a sleeveless dress on for the duration right. of the of the evening and the guy like so fancy yeah, placed it on her it was yeah it was pretty crazy so fancy very, very fancy, fancy. I, I imagine 
I imagine, to me, this this sounds like... Uh, I'm going to go total white girl here. But this looks like when you're when they're on Titanic and they're dining in the main dining room and it's super, Ab like, catered. Dude, absolutely. 100%. Paint perfect picture painted. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get into some of the menu because it looks... It looks, uh, it looks phenomenal. I'm just gonna say it. It looks phenomenal. So go ahead and take a shot. <laughs> Cindy, you want to? You want to? Yeah, start? I mean, I'll start by saying we picked up the menu and looked at each other. We were like, "What is any of this?" The majority of it we had never even heard of. And I mean, they brought the the first before we. The, they told us the first course was coming, and they put a mother of pearl spoon on our table and he was like, this is for, he told us this is for the caviar mm -hmm. and so the dip because you don't want to you don't want to use a steel spoon or a, a stainless steel spoon with caviar because it will ruin the taste Absol so absolutely we right. didn't know yeah. that yeah. so, so the dish comes and I look at Brandon I'm like are we supposed to use this spoon for the whole dish or just the caviar <laughs> we were so confused <laughs> Here, here comes Julia Robertson, pretty right. Woman. That's exactly so let's, what let's, I let's, felt like. We're getting to the, the first dish was the amouche bouche. It was a delta asparagus with imperial caviar. So mm -hmm. I'll just tell you that this dish set the entire night, and it couldn't have been any more perfect. The presentation before I took the first taste, I think I looked at Sydney when they placed it in front of us. I was like, "This is gonna be fucking amazing." It was on like I would say a six by six piece of black, like stone, like a uh, like tile. I don't know if it was mm -hmm. like wasn't a granite. It was just like it was a something like granite. Though. It was like a black stone tile. It had a probably slate, like a slate. Yeah, it had a some type of white ceramic cocoon that was a like a an oval with a flat bottom and it had just a small, probably like three inch opening that faced you. But the whole thing was like a cocoon. And the dish was placed in like deep inside of it, where you had to like go into this cocoon to get it out. And it was this asparagus with caviar, like a some—I mean, sauce. I don't—I couldn't tell you what it all was. But when the guy put it in front of me, and I looked at Sydney, I'm like, "Dude, this is retarded. I've never seen anything like this in my in my life." Brandon also doesn't eat asparagus, and he ate this entire dish. And I could eat more. I could eat more. It does make your pee smell funny? Ooh. So. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Um, so this, this one, this one probably didn't because it was, you know, high end. The key, so, the so key to that whole that whole description though is that you said it set the whole meal, and the idea of an amuse bouche in a, in a meal like this to a tasting menu is to set the, the mood for the meal. It's supposed to prepare your palate for the meal. So if that's what you're saying, it did. That's that's I, I they did 100%. what they were supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, amuse bouche literally means mouth setter. I mean, it literally sets the dish for your... It sets your mouth to receive the rest of the flavors for your entire meal. And I, I would yeah. I would say that it was like... It was kind of acidic, maybe a little vinegary. Like, it, I think it kind of... Like you said, it kind of cleansed the palate. Opened opened up all of our senses. Kind of got you ready for for the freaking... The rest of the night, which was, which was amazing. So... Now, did you get the uh, did you get champagne with the caviar? Because I mean, there, if there's only one way to have caviar, and I've only had it like twice, you gotta have champagne with it. We did. So that was the first drink we got. We got each got a glass of champagne, and we drank that. I think it lasted us through our first into our second dish before we started on the red wine. And it was some Disney. 
Well, it was called like Happily Ever After, but I don't think it was actually Disney. I don't know if it was a Disney. I don't know Scott is Disney. I know Disney's got some vineyards. Do they? Have- oh yeah, they Disney, sell it in the stores. I, Disney definitely yeah. has has a. Uh, Wineries. I don't. I don't think they have an actual champagne. A French. Well, this was. Champagne. This wasn't a champagne. This was a sparkling. Okay. It wasn't a champagne. It was a sparkling. That's why I didn't know. I didn't know if it was. That amuse probably had champagne vinegar in it. Then I would assume. Yeah. I would assume so. It's probably champagne and and was, uh, white truffle sauce. It was uh, awesome. Um. So so that sounds that sounds like an incredible dish. Now they did have an option for. Uh, Sea of Galilee Austria caviar, which is a hundred and ten dollars or hundred and five dollars for a half ounce. That's it. Yeah, we hard pass. Hard, yeah, hard pass. Hard pass. In, unless and it, look, unless you're a caviar connoisseur, I'd pass on that. Oh, hard, hard. I, that's probably the second time in my life I've eaten caviar, so we weren't going for the hundred and five dollar extra. Totally okay with the caviar yeah. that came on the first dish. It was plenty enough caviar. So I'm going to sound really, really bougie for one of the first times probably on the show is I got really, really used to eating good caviar when I worked at the restaurant that I worked at because it was a a five-star French restaurant. So you really don't appreciate caviar until you get to try them next to each other, I would say. Caviar is very much a, I want to say, you know when you're like 17 and you try your first beer in my case, 16 maybe, um, and everyone's like, oh, it's an acquired taste. You really have to get... To, to like it. It's the same with whiskey. It's if the same with whiskey, yeah. I mean, it's one of those yeah. things that you could try a $110 an ounce caviar, and it's like, okay, this tastes like salty salt. Salty fish eggs. Yeah. Um, so, I, for you guys to say that you already could really appreciate the, the nice caviar, you, you guys must have some refined palates already. That's... Well, we passed on the super expensive caviar. Yeah. But I can tell you, whatever whatever was ava- whatever they had in the first disc was... Was it black or orange? It was black. It's black. It was black. So it's probably, it's, it's probably Russian Imperial Sturgeon. Um, you know, e- excellent caviar. Imperial uh, caviar is... That's exactly that's what, what I was caviar. going to say. Uh, it probably came from the fucking sturgeon <laughs> in the land in the fucking... The behind the scenes tour. <laughs> There is sturgeon. There is sturgeon in that tour. There is. Yeah. There is. I know. I saw them right when I was walking back after I threw up <laughs> in our popcorn bucket. That was okay, Jones so your your bucket. second your second of ten courses. Your second of ten courses, Sydney. What was next? Br- Brant didn't like this. This is the one you said you didn't like, right? Uh, no, I don't think it was this one. It's fr- it's further down. This so- it sounds good. No, this wasn't it. It, it doesn't wasn't... stick out. Okay. I'll tell you that. I don't really remember it. I do remember being a, a little upset that there wasn't like a soup dish coming up at any, like in the mm-hmm. second or third one. So but really? This one? Was... No soup dish. The second course. Okay. So the second one we had was, was it the New Zealand langoustine with pickled daikon and edamame puree. You said you didn't like this. I thought I did. I thought it was something later that I didn't like. I thought it was. So this is interesting. So this this incorporates a uh, you know kind of an all almost an all Pacific you know Pacific Coast uh, kind of thing. So you've got langoustine lobster from New Zealand uh, paired with Japanese pickled daikon radish and uh, edamame puree. Interesting. Very interesting. I, this one doesn't doesn't stick out. I it can't tell you enough out. about That's it. That's what I'll say. Enough about it. I can't tell you enough about like the, the presentation or anything about it to tell you that it was amazing. So. 
I will agree that this was probably one that I wasn't very big of a fan on because I, I couldn't tell you much about it. And nothing was bad. It just this one doesn't stick out. And we didn't want to be rude and take pictures of everything, but I kind of wish we mm-hmm. would have. To remember them a little bit more, but yeah. And it doesn't stick out because I can tell you one of the things was is the next dish was fucking amazing. And I can remember a presentation. Oh, this on it. W- this one looks this one looks amazing. I can tell you this one. So the next dish was uh, Virginia black bass with poppy seed and a lemon ravioli. And it was served, I'm pretty sure this one was served in a bowl that probably the, the bowl that the fish was in was a half a cup size. But it mm-hmm. was it was in a little um, hemispheric bowl and it had probably a freaking... 13 inch diameter rim on this bowl <laughs> this is this is how they serve a lot of the soups like if you go to artist point and get the portobello mushroom soup it's like it's like a bowl and then a plate on yes. top of it, it was the, the, wait, yes. so the this biscuit be our guest well yes yeah the biscuit be our guest oh, the biscuit be our guest was like <laughs> the uh, same stupid yeah. fucking bowl it was, pr- it was probably the same freaking bowl it probably was mm-hmm. um, so scott this counts it's as the a dumbest soup? you think this is the soup this yeah this kind, not not really, because this is a, a ravioli. I was I was thinking we'll get to the soup later, which is a soup slash stew. But the ravioli, okay. we'll get to it. But the ravioli, so was, was the poppy seed and lemon? Was it like a, a gelatin almost inside the ravioli itself with the fish on top? Fish was on top of the ravioli. Ravioli was underneath. I can't remember what the consistency of inside the ravioli was, but I just remember this one was. After having the amazing amuse boost and the second dish that was kind of just okay, it was my favorite. I remember this was like every bite was just oh my god, oh my god. Like I could have, yeah. I could have ate this as an entire entree. It was so exploding with flavor. I like lemon, I like citrus, and I like citrus on fish. And this just was all over it. Cause like yeah, and with with the black bass, that lemon flavored ravioli, the poppy seed is good. It, it's going to make that dish just shine. I could almost see this as a, if they did the, the poppy seed and lemon with a, like an egg yolk ravioli and put it on top of that. Oh, probably. I wish I knew probably. more. I wish I knew more of what, what was in it. I mean, what, you know, what was in the ravioli? I don't know. Do you remember what was? No. I mean, there was so much. It starts to blend together too with what looked like what and how it tasted. Because we didn't take pictures. Right. Oh, no. I, I, know, I know it was good. I wouldn't either. I mean, I'm, you guys enjoyed your night, obviously. So it's when, when you're yeah. stopping to take pictures and you're stopping to... I mean, so, so honestly, this, this night wasn't about this podcast. It was about you guys having a great time. So whatever you remember, we appreciate. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I mean, I think we, we actually turned our phones off. Um, actually, we just like we're like fuck it, we're turning our phones off. Trin and, Ste- yeah, Trin and Stephanie, you. you guys could have, have fucking had heart attacks and gone to the hospital, and we wouldn't have known until we got out of this meal. Got out of this meal, you know. You'd have been safe. You were in Disney. Yeah, yeah, we're good. So, um, so you liked that one? So you did like that one better than the Langustine. So the next one for sure. was the the wild turbo with toasted capers and preserved lemon. That was an add-on, so that would make like if you got that, it was. Oh, an 11 oh, I course. see, I see it, I but see it. I did get yeah. that one. Oh, did you? Brant did okay. not. Okay. So that was the first add-on that Sydney did, but I I opted out of it just for the simple fact. And Sydney knows I'm not the biggest seafood fan. I guess because I've been pelted with it my entire fucking life. I don't know. Dude, Turbo is one of my absolute favorite fish of all time. It's. 
It was, it's so good. It was the best fish dish I've ever eaten in my entire life. It's so clean. It's so... It's not... It's hard it was to describe. A mistake. It was a mistake it's, on my part. <laughs> it's like... I mean, I guess it's it's a lot like to me. It's a lot like it's a up. It's, it's an upscale version of Dover Soul. It's a bit of okay. It's fucking wagyu of fish. Yeah, yes. and I've I've never had it before, but I felt like the fish itself was so like fresh and not fishy that it took on the flavors of what they put on it. Which is and I don't know amazing. if that's true, but that's how it tasted to me. It does. It tur- yeah. Turbo is one of those fish that takes flavor very well because it's such a clean. A clean, uh, delicate. Deli- fish. Yeah, it's a, it's a very delicate fish. It's very, I mean, I'm sure it just melted. Yeah. Well, once again, I mean, toasted capers and then preserved lemon. So once again, it was fish and lemon, which I think, I, I mean, I know that's kind of was redundant because the, the last dish was fish and lemon, but this one I feel like was 180 opposite from the dish before it that was fish and lemon. This was so different. Black bass is much more of like a steak fish, much more of like a meaty. Yeah, meaty fish. Yeah. Whereas do, uh, whereas uh, turbo is, is this real, f- like fine, delicate, flaky flavor. I remember it being flaky, soft. So I mean, she got the dish, but of course, you know, when no one was looking, I snuck a piece of it. He kept trying to eat it. I'm like, get get your own. This is really good, and I actually want it all. Yeah. And uh, you know what? In all all things considered, it's not that bad of an upcharge. It's thirty five bucks. It was worth it. For thirty-five dollars, yeah. absolutely. So, so this would have been paired with the Chardonnay, and I, I gotta say, that's probably one hell of a pairing. I'm with you. That Scott, probably would that. have been a that probably would have been a worthy pairing. Yeah, that would have been really good. So, finally, we come to probably what I think is the only soup on the menu, um, and that's the Dover sole with Spanish chorizo bouillabaisse. The red sauce that it, I did not like. It was a re- yeah, it was a red sauce. It didn't look yes. like a soup though. It was it, it was it was liquidy in it was liquidy around that that Dover sole. And I'm telling you that I mean I distinctively remember because I remember I told you I'm like I typically like red sauce, but this is the only red sauce we had come across the whole menu. And I, I didn't like I didn't like it. It had a super and, unique taste that was strong. Something in it was fucking potent. That would be the probably the bay leaves and the rosemary. Yeah. It didn't taste like those though. Yeah, but I've I've eaten that like before. Those. She's cooked with that before. It was it was not that. I don't know what it was. It's not described in the description on the menu, but something in there was super potent. And I, I mean, it was okay. So at this point, we had I had done the asparagus, the langoustine, the black bass. This was the four. This would have been the fourth dish that, dish that I ate. This was the first thing that I didn't eat. Every single crumb on the plate. Well, this also the first... doesn't sound like something that's as delicate as the other dishes you've had, though. Up to no. this point, was it the chorizo? Maybe. Do you think maybe it was possibly? I mean, possibly. it was the. You don't know where that. What? So chorizo is such a broad term, right? I mean, I'm sure you've had chorizo before, right? I mean, was it that flavor? Yeah. I don't know. Could have been. I don't know. It, but it was potent. Whatever but, it was. But this was the first dish that I left. I left hanging on the on the plate. I, I didn't finish all. Unfinished. Of it. Unfinished. I even finished. That's what I'm saying. I finished the lagostine. That's why she said she didn't think I didn't like it. Which you know I just said yes because she's my wife now. But I ate all of that. I ate all of that dish. And she just as she just um, cuts me the bird. See, and, and she's and holding it. Ch- <laughs> Chorizo is not typically in bouillabaisse. Bouillabaisse is a French seafood stew, um, which 
we kind of talked about a little bit uh, a couple of episodes ago with the new BR guest menu coming out. And they're offering a saffron seafood bouillabaisse, which is, it's not really bouillabaisse. It's basically a piece of fish with some, like, lobster claws, some shrimp, and, like, a broth that's, like, laid over it. Bouillabaisse, to me, is like a hearty, poor man's French stew. I mean, I feel like this, this was definitely, you feel like it was hearty, Sydney? It was hearty, for sure. I mean, I feel like it it was. I mean, and maybe, and maybe Scott, maybe it was whatever was in that bouillabaisse that, that, that I just was like, man, this is overwhelming. The flavor was almost overwhelming. Because I think everything up until this point was fairly light. And this seemed like it turned it, it turned into a full, heavier dish. Don't but, you, you say that was kind of the transition of the meal? I yeah, mean, it was getting definitely like deeper in the flavors. But what we didn't even mention at all is the bread. Because it's not on the menu. And after like okay. course, like maybe like the second course, they brought out a Bread, like a specific type of bread and a specific butter to go with that bread. Oh yeah. And every did. about two Ooh. courses, every two or three courses, you got they brought out a different bread with different butter. Yeah. And that's not on the menu. And that there was one of the breads. I think that was around this time that had a truffle butter. Was it, and it our, was truffle mushrooms in the bread. I think it might have been right Ooh. after this dish, and yeah. it was a truffle butter salt like butter and then like truffle in the bread and our waiter described it as cake and icing like the texture of cake and icing and when you put it on the bread it was literally like eating cake and icing the texture was, yeah the bread could have been a fucking course because it was it was one of those things where they and they give you you know they they know what they're doing so they give you just enough to cleanse your palate and like get you ready for the next dish but it's another i could have ate a fucking course of this fucking truffle bread and truffle butter it was so amazing well speaking of truffles the next course uh the marcho farms veal with fava beans and summer truffles yeah this was when it started to get into my wheelhouse so you're what (laughs) in my wheelhouse i was like this is when they served up this this veal this veal dish um first of all somewhere in the last couple of dishes so about this restaurant, I mean, it, it was at one point it was the number two rated restaurant in America. Um, service, as you can imagine, is absolutely over the top. Every course, you got an entirely new table setting. So they they reset the table every time they picked up your dish. They picked up every utensil, anything that was not being used was picked up, and they totally 100% reset the table for your next course. So at some point, I asked the guy. I said, "Hey." what are we supposed to use to eat the dish? Because it wasn't like you got a fork and a knife. You typically got a fork and a knife and something else or two other things or whatever it was. I mean, there were, there were specific fish knives that were 40, that would lay on the table, but like were a fork, like, like shaped like a fork, but instead of a fork, it was a pallet with like a little hook and like crazy different tools. And he said, look, if we lay it on the table in front of you, you can use it however you need to eat the dish that's getting ready to go in front of you, which was which was crazy. So this veal specifically comes from a special farm in Pennsylvania, uh, in Southern Pennsylvania. So it's specially raised for Disney, brought down there, and uh, honestly, it sounds really good. I mean, fava beans with veal. Yeah, it was it was another one that I ate. I remember eating every single part of it. It was so 
tender. It was, I mean, everything you expect from from veal that young, you know, young beef. It was, I mean, it was mouth watering. From what I, I from what I remember, mouth watering. Th- this is where I started to hit my wall. Like I, I wanted to eat it, <laughs> but I, I really could. And then they only, they only give you like maybe four or five bites of each dish, but. We're going mm-hmm. on dish six or whatever we're on. I was, I was hitting a wall at this point. It was really good, but I don't think I finished it. You don't think this is where, you, think this is where this, you started? This is where I didn't finish it, but I didn't tell them to box it yet. I let them take it. The next dish is where I had to unbox it because I couldn't go anymore. <laughs> so, but but still on the, I mean on this this veal, this is where I was just like, I was telling you about the utensils because I remember on this dish I'm like I don't know if it's okay for me to cut it with this fork or do I need to use this knife thing or what so like I just remember like stabbing this and just like going like it was I mean it was like a two ounce little veal medallion I remember just like stabbing this and just going like boom in the mouth I'm all, you know all in I just remember it being it was good I mean I, mean, I could put those truffles in my hat and eat it though yeah, you know, you're, you're right about you're right about that. Yeah, uh, truffles are something that I think Cindy and I have only experienced in Disney World. Yeah, and honestly, I'm, and I'm sure they're using G- European truffles, not. I mean, Jico Jico truffle mac and cheese. And this is probably our second second time having like legit truffles. Oh, and I think yeah. even Jico only uses truffle oil. I mean, that's. No, no, we got. No, the mac and cheese they shave like five oh, little it? pieces yeah. of truffle. Oh. Yeah. I don't think they serve it anymore. Yeah, I think it's off the menu. When we went, they didn't have it. We went in 2016, and um, it was crazy. We went in 2016, got the truffle mac. The chef brought it out, and they forgot to put the fucking truffles on it. And literally, the chef ran out, chef hat, coat, and all, and like was like, "Do not eat this." And he ran back to the kitchen, and like, he's like, "I put extra on there for you. It's our mistake." And like, it was just truffled out. I remember it was so 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 much a big dish. We brought it back to the room and ate it for, and breakfast. Ate it for breakfast the next morning. It was fucking amazing. Speaking of pig, so the next dish. Yes. Sid. Because now you get some pork here. Sid. What? I remember you like digging on this. Yeah, the Brussels sprouts. So what? What was? The, what was the? Uh, what was the next dish? I can't say most of this. Charred leek. No, I'm just kidding. Charred <laughs> leek dusted wild boar with leek fondue and Brussels sprouts. That sounds it was, epic. It was amazing. I take it back. This was the one where I started hitting my wall. Because I remember this. Sounds, this sounds incredible. This was one of my top dishes we had. I loved it. But I love Brussels sprouts when they're done right. Mm-hmm. It was super good. They were cooked well. And I don't eat Brussels sprouts. And he was and eating I, them. And I ate them. Mini cabbages. That's See, what I call yeah, them too, exactly. mini cabbages. <laughs> See, I, at the beginning of this meal, I told myself, I, I'm, I'm a pretty picky eater, but I told myself that I was going to eat every bite of fucking everything, and I tried to do it. And I, I got through a majority of the meal. I don't think it was until like the big finale dish that I started kind of crashing, but I think I ate, I mean, besides that, the Dover Soul dish, I, I ate all the veal, I ate all of this, this, uh... Yeah, but he's open-minded picky, and that's one thing I'll say, too, because my mom loves fine dining, but I would never take her here because she's so closed-minded about trying something weird. Brand's open-minded, so he was willing to try it, and he loved it all, but if you take somebody See, that's closed-minded, no, you're wasting your money. See, and, and we were we were discussing this, and, you know, I talked to, I was talking to Trent about this earlier, 
I would love to do this, but at the same time, I know my wife. I know Andrea would would is very open to fine dining, but there's a lot on here. Like she would not eat the wild boar. Uh, she doesn't really eat veal. Um, the fish dishes that she would all eat. It, it, it would be tough to sell this to someone who's not says, you know what? I'm gonna. It's on my plate. I'm gonna eat it, and I'll make my make my opinion thereafter. Yeah, especially for the price. Like you, I mean, guess you could take her somewhere and pay five hundred, six hundred dollars a person and get mm-hmm. exactly what she wants. So, but it, you could talk her into it. I think you yeah. could just give her your fish dishes, and you could eat more of the boar. That's true. Um, so, so after this wait, dish, wait, wait, Scott, Scott, uh, before you go on. Yeah. The one thing I did want to comment on is is it looks like the way that this menu has progressed from being so delicate at the beginning to move to, to moving to the heavier dishes is mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if people look at that or not, but it's one thing that I noticed when looking at this menu because boar compared to like the sole or the langoustine is just or even boar compared to night or day. Well, even that. Yeah, but you're definitely going from those light airy fishes so is that? A re- yeah. I mean, is that traditionally what you would want to do with a palate as you're progressing to the menu? I mean, I don't Abs- know. Absolutely, Trinity. absolutely. So we used to it's do like a-, a warm up. It's a warm up to the finale, kind of. Yeah. Our, mm-hmm. So our final dish in our truffle tasting menu at the restaurant I worked at was uh, wagyu and foie gras on the same plate. <laughs> it was yeah. It's it's definitely the heavier of the. Of, of the, the that that's just the way that that should progress I mean you want your and also it, it, it's really I I would assume that your portions probably got smaller as your as the meal went on right I mean I think they, they maintained about that two to three ounce yeah I, the portions stayed about the same they really, really? didn't get smaller. Dude, it, it, it got pretty tough as we got to this point I know I got to, really I got to, I got to try some of the last ones. It's, I'm glad some of my favorites <laughs> yeah. were at the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, pretty so pretty much up to this point, we we either ate it or sent it away. So the next dish was the first dish that we were like, okay, we're gonna retain this. Well, the next dish is kind of the home run, right? Yeah. I mean, so the next dish after the uh, the wild boar was the Australian Kobe style beef with potato pinwheel and. Like in ramps. Scott and Trent probably know what that is. Ramps. It's a a ramp is that's like a wild onion. Yeah. Yep. That's what it was. So we got that, but this portion also had the opportunity to add on a Ms. Uh, Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Miyazaki Japanese beef. So for fifty-five bucks a portion. You could add on the Miyazaki beef. But the guy told us, and I don't know how true this is, but he told us about that. There's only like 10 cows that come to America of that quality a, a, year. a year. 10 cows a year. And he said that it gets melts. Get certified for this. It melts, in your, it melts at 98 degrees. No, 96 yeah. degrees it melts. He said 98. Things at 96. So when you put it in your mouth, if you hold it in your mouth for long enough, it will, act, it will so. actually yeah, melt. Yeah, maybe so. Miyazaki is A5 grade Wagyu, um, and it is it is the finest beef known to mankind. It's essentially ninety seven percent fat, which is why it which it is, is why it melts. Yeah, it melts in your mouth. And yeah. they when but they... it's but it's ninety seven percent fat marbled throughout the course of the beef. So it is right. it is perfectly marbled. 
perfectly uh, perfectly prepared. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is. Yeah, it was. I would also say the presentation of this portion of this part of the meal was fucking grand slam. That's I was gonna say they. So if you opt to get the extra fifty five dollars, they serve it side by side, so you're able to taste it both at the same time. Where like the fish, if you got the add on fish, it was just a separate course. This is served side by side. So you could really tell the difference. And they were both good, but I mean, that one was yeah. just unbelievable. So the plate was a four, almost like a four square. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, it was at four sections. They plated towards you, they plated towards you, the two beefs, and then they had the potato pinwheel, and then I guess the rompus on, on the upper two portions. And the crazy thing, they had a... In the middle was like a little, probably one ounce kind of like a little glass that had a steak sauce in it. So, as you can imagine, I'm at Victoria and Albert's. You give me Wagyu and Kobe Australian beef and you serve it with a steak sauce. Well, most people are like, if you go to Ruth Chris and get steak sauce, it's sacrilegious. Why in the hell is Victoria and Albert serving me steak sauce? Well, the maitre d' tells us that they make it every day the steak sauce or they make a bat they start a batch every day it starts at six gallons oh yeah of of this and they reduce it down to 16 ounces it's essentially a demi-gloss with yeah i mean so it is it starts at a six gallon batch and it reduces down to 16 ounces so imagine that i mean like a freaking a you know a kentwood water bottle down to a styrofoam cup of steak sauce yeah. And it's probably a super rich concentrated. It was bag. fucking retarded. It was like you literally just wanted to. You, I literally like would dip the tip of my fork in it, and the steak sauce, and then hit the beef, and it was plenty enough steak sauce to cover, to cover the. the Trenton beef. got to taste it. The steak sauce was in it. It was thing? in the thing. I don't know if he used it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Why would you have not? Yeah, so, I did. It was really good. <laughs> Dude, I so, ate, I ate this fucking steak cold. Out of a box. The next, the After next you day. you broke into our room. The next day, I think. I, didn't, I had a, I had a magic band to get into your room, <laughs> and I ate it cold. I'm glad you did because I'm glad you did not reheat that. Right in a microwave. Cook it more. Yeah. Scott, yeah, it was. Um, I look dumb. It, I'm not dumb. <laughs> I know you're not. It was crazy. So the Kobe, the Kobe was served in one solid piece. It was probably about a two ounce piece of the Kobe Australian beef. Um, mm-hmm. The. The Japanese beef was in four, like, super small, probably half ounce or quarter ounce. Like, about the size of a quarter, but... About the size of a quarter. Square like shaped. Four pieces the size of a quarter, but, sp- like, yeah, like a square. And, yeah. um, we probably sent four of those squares home, because... I, I ate one. I couldn't do any more than that. I ate and one I, and piece. I, and I ate two or three, because at this time, it is, like, it's getting to the tapping out phase, which kind of sucked, because this was, like, the pinnacle of the meal. I mean, you're getting you're getting heavy, heavy portions at this point. I mean, not just not portion size, but you're getting heavier meats, heavier meats. I can understand why at this point you've already had like eight courses. Yeah. It's time to it's time to mellow out. Yeah, I will say too, this potato pinwheel was a particular kind of potato, and it was like the only way I can describe it was is like the trunk of a tree. It was it had layers, or like an onion. It was super tightly wound potato, but it was like an onion. It had layers to it. And it was probably about the size of a quarter as well. It was round. And um, 
it was I don't know how long they cooked this but like it tasted like a piece of steak this 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 potato you did you eat some of that potato? I took a bite but like I said I was tapped at this point yeah so finally uh, the the final course is a selection of cheeses um well that's that's like course eight Oh yeah, well I mean the final the final course before you get to the dessert. To dessert, right. So yeah, selection of cheeses and it was um this was pretty impressive. Yeah, they brought the little cart over to you and got the cheeses off the cart and gave them to you. But didn't they have like I want to remember that there was like a plate that was already set with like accoutrement. He yeah, he took out a plate that had cheeses on it and then he asked you if you wanted like three other ones. But it had like some kind of like pretzel. It also smells like tequila when you walk in here. Like mm-hmm. when I open the door, it smells like tequila. Well, that's a good say. That's a good <laughs> thing. Teque- to tequila. Well, that's because you've got two tequila hey, shots. Yeah. Right so there. let's before we finish the rest of this episode, you guys should do those right now while I drink some moonshine out of this jar. So I'll, I'll toast. I'll toast you guys with some but I, uh, Highland Park Twelve. Hey, but I'll tell you, tequila shot. Yeah. So Cindy likes to move things along way too fast, and it's just that—that's a good lady. That's a good lady. Well, we're gonna—I want to tell them what we're drinking first. Yeah, so chill, chill out. Per- this is getting personal. Yeah, she's fucking already done it. Well, fuck it. He talks too much. Did you just do two? She did a fucking pickle, pickle juice. Oh, but what we—what we have is, is uh, Cindy fell in love with this at La Cava. It's the Milagro Barrel Select. Um, silver tequila. It's it's actually a silver it's tequila. Super cool bottle. It's a silver tequila. It's an amazing bottle. It's got like an agave plant in the bottle, which kind of Ooh, is, is, pretty, is pretty, cool. pretty cool. Yeah, but it's it's one of the only silver tequilas I know that's actually barrel aged, but short enough to, to still qualify it <laughs> as a tequila. And um, it's good. It's at, you can get it at La Cava. It's the silver tequila that's in the La Cava flight. Yeah. See, most most tequilas that are silver. Or just put straight into stainless steel barrels to stop them from getting any kind of barrel flavor. But this is actually considered a silver, but it's actually a barrel-aged silver. So probably like very two young. months, maybe. Yeah, very yeah. young. It would probably go good with this cheese we were talking about. Uh, shut up. <laughs> so Cindy's uh, ready, she's ready to go to bed so she can work no, out No, I'm not. I'm fine. She um, wants more tequila is what she wants. Right. Always. Always. So yeah, so cheese. It was like four varietals that they had on there. I know one of them was uh, was a Stetson Blue, same kind of thing, kind of Trenton as they had at. Um, I love as Rose I and love Crown. Stilton. Stilton, Stilton cheese yeah, is one Stet- of my favorites. Stetson's the cowboy hat. It was Stilton. <laughs> um, no thanks. But it was it was like four different varieties of cheeses. They were all pretty good, but. This is a dish we kind of just literally kind of poked in. We didn't really You're dig so into it. So full at this point. Yeah. I would have. Yeah, and then was, you're going to add cheese on top of that. You're just like, it's like, just pile it on, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, while we were eating the cheese, he's like, uh, pre-dessert's next. I'm like, there's pre-dessert to dessert? <laughs> what well, was the palate cleanser up to yeah, the dessert, is. right? I, I had, at this point, I told him to box everything else for me. Don't even bring it out to the yeah, table. she did. So everything after this point was just boxed. I hate myself for, for Sydney, not for trying Sydney. the desserts in the refrigerator. Dude. Dude, you you missed out. So the first dessert was a lemon strawberry cremu, 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 and uh, I remember this one with this one being um, not of the two, not my favorite, but I remember it being extremely 
extremely sweet strawberry flavor was definitely prominent in it. Um, just creamy, nice, easy, easy to eat. I think I ate probably half of it, um, but it was definitely a great introduction into the dessert. It's, it's like a French flan. Yeah. Um, I do too. Flan so, is so good. Sydney, the last dessert, what was the coolest thing? They had a 24 karat gold leaf on top of the dessert. Yes, I've seen that. It we was, did. We took a picture of that, so I can send you all that picture if y'all want to post it, because that was pretty cool. It was the last dessert, and it was the last portion of the, of the meal. Not the end of the meal, but it was the last portion of the meal, and um, it was fucking awesome. It was a chocolate. So this was the, this it, was the bittersweet chocolate dome on praline crunch. Yeah. So you're not from the south because you just said praline. Because um, it's a praline. It's a praline. In the south, they say praline. It's a praline. I live in South Carolina. Um, I say praline. Uh, you're not from well, the south. you're not from the south. South, <laughs> south Carolina's not in the south. <laughs> south Carolina started the south. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, did I forget that the, the fucking Civil War started in South Carolina? My bad. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I don't care. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Wait, 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 if wait, you wait. Don't, aren't, Cajuns, if you don't, aren't Cajuns French? You guys don't even count. If you, if you yeah, don't. They're British. They're Arcadians. We learned this on the, uh, the Canada podcast. Yes. Yeah. Bittersweet chocolate dome with a prowling crunch was fucking phenomenal. I forced myself to eat every bit of this dessert that I could because it was I so bet, amazing. Man. And it, it reminded me, the prowling reminded me of being in Louisiana. Because New Orleans, if you go to New Orleans, there's a prowling store on every fucking corner. Wait, what's a prowling? Oh, uh, that you can get. <laughs> Fuck you, Trenton. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar candy with pecans, not pecans. He wouldn't know because he didn't even eat the dessert we left in the fridge for him. Yeah, if you'd have ate the dessert, you'd have fucking... You know what a prolene was if you would have ate the dessert. How how do you think it feels to go, hey, um, there's probably $200 worth of food in the refrigerator. (laughs) Just go, just have whatever you want. It's like... Better than us telling you we didn't even fucking bring you anything. I could have said don't touch the leftovers. Eat the fucking ham and bread. Which I brought (laughs) Yeah, well... At least we uh, offered you the leftovers. Did you did you guys have the coffee with uh, with uh, your bittersweet chocolate dome? Because those two combined would just be like a dessert orgasm. The coffee is the craziest thing I've ever seen there. So they bring out this coffee pot to your table. It's from Germany, right? And it brews all on your table, like m- not manually, but what's the word you would use for it? Pretty much manually, like no electricity involved or anything. Brent can explain it better because he's way more detailed oriented than I am. But it's the coolest thing ever. They bring this really weird looking coffee pot out to your table and brew the coffee at your table. We're actually going to buy one of these because it's the fucking coolest thing ever. So basically, it was right after dessert or right about the time of the last dessert we asked for coffee. And Sydney is not typically a coffee a coffee drinker. I was falling asleep, though. But she was like, I'll take a cup of coffee. So it's this coffee pot. It's a basically a vacuum coffee pot. It basically brings you its two vessels. The top vessel has the coffee grounds in it. The lower vessel has the water. Underneath it, they put a flame. Um, it's it's fueled by, you know, some type of some type of fire. propane fuel it's, fire. It's like the, uh, it's like the, um, but, the things, you, sterno. It's like a sterno yeah. kind of thing. So, but basically what it does is the top vessel is sitting in type of, inside like a little seal that's connecting it to the bottom vessel. 
the water boils in the lower vessel and becomes water vapor. So it vaporizes out of the lower vessel into the top vessel, which basically the vapors catch the coffee grinds. But when they rise into the air, because the top vessel is, va- you know, the top vessel is open, as soon as they go through the coffee grinds and they be exposed to air, they turn back into water, and they sit w- they sit on the bottom of that upper vessel. I'm okay. watching this as we speak. Okay. And it's like it's like it's chemistry. Magic. Yeah, it's like it's chemistry. chemistry. It's chemistry. Meets right? magic. Meets meets Merlin. Right. So I mean, the, I've never seen anything like. So the it. lower vessel is boiling water. It's evaporating while you're sitting there watching it. it. Evaporates. It goes through the coffee grinds. As it picks up the coffee grinds, it turns back to water, and it basically sits on the bottom of the upper vessel because it can't go down because there's air pressure in the lower vessel from the evaporating water. When the lower vessel completely evaporates and that last pocket of water goes out to the upper vessel, the lower vessel then has a vacuum because it has no more air in it because it's evaporated out. And it literally sucks the water from the upper vessel back down and pulls all those coffee grounds. Well, it's filtered, but it pulls all that coffee ground and water back into the lower vessel and you have the absolute most purest fucking bowl of coffee you could ever fucking imagine it is an entire pot of coffee but it is 100% the absolute most purest I mean it's pure water because it just came from fucking water vapor so any impurity in the water has been uh, boiled and evaporated out it is like the most absolute purest pot of coffee you can imagine now it took about 15 to 20 minutes. Well, yeah, for it was this. A kind of a long process. It was long. It mm-hmm. took 15 to 20 minutes for this to happen in front of our eyes. But it was the centerpiece of our table. I mean, it stood like 15 to 16 inches tall, this pot of coffee in front of us. And we drank it. And it was, I mean, Cindy had fucking three cups. Yeah, he. we had actually bought the Victorian Alberts like blend from Disney. And we tried to make it in a regular coffee pot. And it was terrible. He wanted to serve it at the wedding. I was like, this is terrible. But once it, they made it in that pot, I was like, we need one of these pots because this is really good. For a for a cheating version of that, uh, what's the what's the thing where the it's like a two it's like a two like an hourglass kind of thing? What is that? I don't get down on that bitter thing, man. For some reason I don't like IPAs very much. Oh, see, I love bitter coffee. Well, this I don't think this was this was this wasn't bitter, bitter at all. I, I mean, at all. I mean, and they put they brought me like raw sugar cubes okay, it's, to drop it's, in. Okay, it's it. called Kona. It's C O N A Kona Vacuum Coffee Maker. Okay, Kona Kona Vacuum Coffee Maker. Oh yeah, it's it's two hundred twenty nine dollars. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. There's, that's it. There's there's another one that's very very simple, and I'm just it's just escaping but me. But I'm telling you, we look we look Cindy and I after we after this night we looked at all of the vacuum coffee makers. The one that they have is the fucking best, and it's the fucking coolest looking. And how, it's, like, my thing is, how badass are you gonna be if you're hosting a dinner party and you're like, anybody want coffee? And you bring and that you to your table. You bust this out, yeah. And at, a dinner, at a dinner party, it's gonna be fucking phenomenal. The, the thing I'm thinking of is a Chemex. Oh, yeah. No, get the Kona vacuum siphon coffee maker. Uh, but yeah, you can you can actually go get the uh, the coffee on Joffrey's website. Um, how like how was it? Did, did first of all, does anyone take their coffee black? I drink I how, drink coffee black all day. How how was it? Best best pot of coffee in the universe. 
I mean, it but was. You have to say it's. We have the we have the Joffrey's blend that we yeah. bought online at home, and it was terrible. Yeah, no, and she's she's right. So around Christmas time, when I knew her brother and sister were coming in, I bought a tri pack to try, and it was the it was the Victorian Alberts, the Kona, and Polynesian. And, no, no, it was the Victorian Alberts, the Kona, and one of the French like the French brew from like Chefs de France. Mm-hmm. The Chefs de France in a regular coffee pot was the best by far. The Kona was second. The Victorian Alberts was terrible. Because the Victorian Alberts was extremely bold. You know, I drink it black and I like heavy, but it was way bold. Something about this method of making the coffee made it extremely enjoyable. I mean, it was it was, it was was dark. It was rich. It was full. I mean, Sydney drank it with some A some little bit sugar. of cream and some sugar. But, but also, it was fresh cream and sugar in the raw. So it wasn't Ooh. like it wasn't like yeah. cubes of sugar. Like cubes that they of sugar. Dropped. It was They come over there and they ask you how many how many cubes would you like, and they put right. it in your glass for you. So another thing we didn't touch on that I want to touch on. We learned at Victorian Alberts that there's such thing as a legacy award at Disney. Scott, I don't know if you know they what ta- we're talking about. They talked about, about it. They talked about it. Yeah, the, the, the blue badge. Yeah, the, but the blue badges was that in the episode that Trenton talked about. All I was saying was is that the engineers that showed up, Scott, were blue badge employees. Were blue badges. So, so, so what we found seasoned. out, so what we found out in Victorian Alberts was the, the table across from us asked, and then we kind of found out more. They 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 have a, a badge that looks just like a Disney cast member badge, but it is blue. And we asked like, what's they asked what the deal is with the blue badge, and they said it's a legacy award winner. And basically, it means that it's someone that, that meets a certain criteria, has been there for a certain amount of years, received a certain amount of recognition, and that it's cast member voted by their peers. There's only one per year. So imagine we're in 2018. We've, we've only had, what, 47 of these people possible. And that's if they've been giving this award out since day one. So put, I don't know if they have been. Put it that way. When you, when you guys got stuck on Tower of Terror, there was three of them there. Right. There were two of them, both maitre d's at Victorian Alberts, were legacy award winners. So both of the maitre d's were legacy award winners. I'll also say another thing. I don't know, and I want to almost call and ask, but every dish that came out from our, from our server, the maitre d came and explained the dish to us. I can't imagine that the maitre d with a fucking blue badge explains those dishes to every table in the restaurant. Yeah, that might be just a Queen Victoria it's room. It's probably a Queen Victoria room thing. I would imagine. It's a yeah, Queen Victoria I th- thing. Yeah, I think your server or your your waiter does actually explain the the dish, but I think you guys have a special person inside the chef's well, in the chef's table the chef comes we out had, and explains it. We had two servers that helped mm-hmm. us and we had the maitre d the maitre d was there after every dish was put down. He, he was there. He was. I mean, he's the one that brought the shawl. He was checking. He brought on the us shawl. The entire he, time. He did the wine service, which, by the way, we didn't really talk about. So after like the second dish, we got a glass of. We got a bottle of Cabernet. It was called Plump Jack. It was three hundred bucks. It was probably the most amazing Cabernet we had ever drank. What um, was it? Plump Jack. Plump, Plump Jack. Jack. I've since um, procured a bottle for us for for personal consumption. Um, I will say it was not a cheap glass. It also wasn't three hundred dollars. No. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's an Oakville it's an Oakville Napa wine. Uh, we had an Oakville Napa this last weekend with our with our Wagyu, and I'll tell you what, man, was that the Disney bottle you had? The um, 
Yes, the uh, the Silverado. Silverado. That's oak. That's the same thing. Yeah. And they have a winery up in Oakville. Plum Jack. We got a bottle of Plum Jack, and the Major D was the one that actually did the bottle service and presented the Plum Jack, um, which was all, which was awesome. So we enjoyed that throughout the night, and then kind of ended it with that that amazing glass of uh, our cups of coffee. Got done with the meal. And they they brought over the like old school tr- like wooden tray of ch- assorted chocolates. They brought it to your table and they opened it up and then they asked if you wanted any chocolates. And Brent goes, "We'll take one of each, please, to go." <laughs> yes. Because I wasn't in a mood to eat any chocolate because I no. was fucking full. But I'm like, if you're okay with serving them to go, I'll take one of each. And the, I don't know, like Sunday morning or Saturday Saturday. I ate a couple of them out of the refrigerator, and they were fucking amazing. And then we gave a ton of them to Trenton. So, Trenton, you can tell me what you thought about the rest of them. Ah, uh, they were all really fucking good. Um, no, it, the only ones we didn't eat are ones that would look like chocolate-covered cherries. They were literally red foil with the stems of the cherries sticking out. And what I found weird, we ended up giving those to Stephanie's parents who eat at Victoria and Albert's all the time, and they like those. Um, but those cherries, they put chocolate-covered cherries, but they put cherries that had pits in them. Interesting. Like, don't eat this chocolate because you might also choke on it and die. Or break your fucking teeth. It was a bit strange. But all the other ones, um, I think there was an orange filled one, there was one with a yeah. with a, a cherry cherry flavored dark chocolate, I think. Ganache inside. Um there was a lemon one with the yellow speckles on it. That one was really good. It was the I'm not a chocolate guy, and we ate all of those like like, we were going to bring some to her parents, and we were, like, got there. We're like, oh, we brought you the chocolate-covered cherries because we fucking ate everything else. <laughs> I'm just glad y'all ate them, and they didn't go to waste. Oh, we fucking, yes. <laughs> it, was a, it was a quick process. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the whole night, the whole night was special. It was amazing. We left, uh, we got up from our table, and uh, they kind of helped, I guess, assisted in escorting us out, and... Took some pictures of us in the resort. I mean, I think we were like, if we weren't the last people to leave, we were like, I think we were the last people to leave that night. Well, we, uh, it took us about three and a half hours, four. but the four hours and the people next to us had sat down an hour before us and they left about 15 minutes before us. They were almost, almost five, hours. five hours. So this is the thing about Victoria and Albert's. It's for the whole restaurant is 48 seats. And they seat 48 people a night. So when you sit down at Victoria and Albert's, you have that seat the entire night. They start seating people at like, I don't know, maybe 6 o'clock. And the last seating is a little after 7 or 8. And it's open until you're gone. But you have that seat the whole night. It's 48 people a night, every night. And that is it. So I want... No, keep going. going. No, that's, that's it. So I mean, it's 48 people a night. It's super personal it's your table it's your seat the whole night you're the only ass in that seat the entire night which is which is pretty awesome for for us because it was our special night of the honeymoon and it was one of the you know one of the nights we get to sit back relax and be like okay phones off nothing else matters here we are let's let's do this let's connect and have you know having a complete night and and you know what it's amazing i want to recognize a couple people uh at Victoria and Albert, uh, Chef Scott Hummel, he is the executive chef there. 
He's been he's been at Victoria Alberts as a sous chef, as a line chef, as a is now the executive chef for the past 20 years. So he is well seasoned at this restaurant. For the past 15 years, this place has received a five diamond designation from uh, from AAA. It is one of two restaurants in the state of Florida to receive this honor. So everybody knows the Michelin star sh- system. If if Florida outside of I think my is Trent is Miami a Michelin star city? I don't think so. Not that I know of. But if this were to receive Michelin stars, this would probably be a two or three Michelin star restaurant. I mean, it it is that good. So Scott Hummel and his staff have done a wonderful job with this restaurant. Um, uh, Israel Perez was your maitre d. Israel and, uh, and one other guy. So if, if you. There was, there, uh, was two, there was two gentlemen. Israel was definitely the one that we, we interacted the with the most. The other guy wasn't a maitre d'. He was okay. like helping our server. Uh, Eric uh, Herbacek, he's the executive patron chef. You see him on the Disney specials all the time. He's, he, does, he does some great work. And then uh, Amy Rivera, she's the, she's the chef de cuisine. She's, uh, she's essentially helping prepare your meal. She's, she's the one preparing most of your meal. Now, I mean, Israel's the one that's listed as the maitre d' on our menu, and he was definitely the one that was there. Every, every handoff, every, every dish handoff, he was right there. I felt like, like I said, there was four tables that were, that were live, active in that Queen Victoria room, and he was there. Every time one of those tables got a dish, he was right there in that room. I mean, I felt like he was in the room with us like 75% of the time. He was he was right there. Yeah. He was the one that gave Sydney the shawl. The shawl. Yeah, and he was right there. Um, amazing. Absolutely. I think I, I read another thing before we, we had got to the restaurant that it was a triple A um, five-star or four-star, five-star restaurant. Five Diamond Restaurant, but it's also a Forbes top restaurant recipient, which I want to say it's only one of a handful of places in America that has both holds both of the awards. It's the only one. It's it's a prestigious restaurant. No joke. No joke about it. At one point, it was the number two restaurant in America. I can believe. So, uh, remember uh, Amy Rivera, the one we were just talking about, who's the chef de cuisine at Victorian Alberts? Yeah. She was the chef at the restaurant that I worked at here in, in Somerville. No yeah. way. She was, that's yep, amazing. The Woodlands in Somerville, South Carolina. So that's, Ste- that's Stephanie's parents actually know her. Um, she worked there a little bit before me. Um, so she always comes out and talks to us when we eat at Citrico's or uh, Victor and Edwards. Awesome. Yeah. So that's it kind of ties the whole episode together. I've been waiting to tell you guys that. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty that's awesome. awesome. End of the night was amazing. We got escorted out. We got amazing pictures taken in front of the doors with Victoria and Alberts and all that. And then a crazy thing that Sydney and I, not even Victoria and Alberts related, but we told Trenton and Stephanie that our favorite walk in all of Disney was the walk from Hollywood Studios to Epcot through the boardwalk and all that. But I think we found one that um, probably rivals that, don't you think? It was a good walk. Is that the walk from uh, Polly over to Grand? Or vice versa, yeah. Yeah. We walked from Grand Floridian back to Polly. It was quiet. It was also kind of late at night. I mean, it was 11.30 like at night. Yeah. that's a, And that's a relatively new walkway. Um, it's it's pretty cool. 
It's amazing the transition between the two resorts, huh, Sid? Yeah, you can definitely see the transition, like, as you walk. But it, it's awesome. I would definitely, I would do that walk any chance I got. How long, I mean, it took us what? 15 minutes, and we were at Morea on the complete opposite side of the Polynesian. So if you were anywhere other than that building, it's pr- much shorter walk. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, you know, I think I, th- I want to thank you guys for coming on the show and, uh, you know, co-hosting this this sort of crossover episode because it, it's great to talk to you guys on set. Uh, but uh, so give me some give me some final thoughts of this entire meal. Because I, I think I think we can also say there's a pro tip about this and how this came to be. So the pro tip. So I talked to you about this. There's no doubt that this is a stretch for anyone. I don't care who you are. This is this is an a over-the-top meal. Um, I mean, I would say our fi- our final bill got into the the four figures on this on this bill. But the way we did it was Sydney and I are undoubtedly blessed. But this is not a meal we would have normally done on a normal trip to Disney. What we did though is. I would say anybody out there, get a Disney Chase Visa card. Spend money on it. Put your bills on it. Don't put bills. I mean, I, this is this is financial advisor Brandt telling you not to put bills that you're gonna like, you know, need to rack up for months and months. But anything you have to pay in a month, your cable bill, your whatever bill that you're gonna pay every month, put on a Chase Visa card and rack up those dollars. That's what City and I did. We put every bill we pay every month on a Chase Visa for a year. We racked up enough to basically cover 90% of the cost of doing this meal with the plan of doing this meal for our honeymoon. So a year ago, we started planning. We're going to do Victoria and Albert's. We got a Chase Visa. Everything went on this. Every single monthly bill went on a Chase Visa. We got it paid off, and we used those those dollars to, to do this meal. And it was... And that- and that so is a smart tip. Smart so tip to do. We didn't definitely did not do this out of pocket cash. No way we could have afforded to do this. Yeah. Not a cheap and, not a cheap meal. And when you come away with it, the entire the entire meal you probably paid, you know, after tax tipping gratuity, a third of what it fully cost. Or Maybe even than, a quarter. Less than that. I mean I'll, I'll tell you the Queen Victoria room was two thirty five a guest. Mm-hmm. We told you we paid it three hundred bucks for a bottle of wine. That was basically our meal. We bought Sydney got a thirty-five dollar turbo fish. We got a we got two fifty-five dollar uh, Japanese beefs, and we paid tax and tip on top of that. So do your math. It wasn't cheap, but we paid for. I think we paid for over eighty percent of it with points from our our Disney Chase Visa. Don't you think? Yeah. It definitely helped. We probably wouldn't have done it without it. Yeah, exactly. So we right. saved we, we saved those points, racked them up for over a year, and 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 paid for a large portion of this. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's an event. I would it say is, it's an event. It is an event, no doubt. It's definitely a special special night out. But I definitely think I mean I think everybody should experience it once. Whatever you got to do to save and do it, it's a once in a lifetime experience. I would say plan a, plan ahead for your anniversary, plan ahead for your honeymoon. Make sure you're talking about this with your significant other a year out. 
start mm-hmm. planning for it because, I mean, unless you get the money just to throw at it, you you like us, you, you got a plan. I mean, we had to plan for this. This wasn't just something that we were like, we're gonna do. And in unrelated news, in uh, in a year's time, when when Brent and Sydney do their their first honeymoon in Disney, they'll report live from Casey's Corner. Exactly. Oh, fuck that place. <laughs> is is the first year the Wiener? The, is that I the Wiener anniversary? The wiener as the gift yeah. Year. Right. Not a diamond. Not a you know. Not well, a, I'll definitely buy you the foot long if that's. The oh thing. shit! I'm getting a foot long for our first anniversary. But I want to thank you all for joining us on this special episode, uh, this special crossover episode of Three Shoots of Mouse and Whistling Disney. If you enjoyed our shows, go over to iTunes, go to Whistling Disney, search in Whistling Disney, search in Three Sheets, rate, review, subscribe to both shows. They're wonderful shows. I got to say, I'm a big fan of Whistling Disney. Trenton loves it. Uh, I, whenever, I think we all Whenever love there's Whistling an episode. <laughs> But you know what? It, you know what? That's the beauty of it. You, you, you pop, I'll tell you what. Subscribe to it. Auto-download. So every once in a while, you'll get a notification that, hey, there's a Whistling Disney episode. Exactly. And it's like, it's like you Christmas morning. You never know. You never know. Christmas morning. Exactly. It's like a, it's like a visit from the Tooth Fairy. Because yeah. me and Stephanie talk to them every single day, and we still don't even know when the fuck <laughs> they're going to come out. So Exactly. We don't know either. Yeah, we don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you wanna if you wanna follow uh, Three Sheets over on Instagram and Twitter, we're at Three Sheets Podcast. Uh, if you're in the parks, tag us on your Instagram. Don't forget to use the hashtag Three Sheets Nation, the number three because you know numbers are cooler than letters, right? Absolutely. Three Sheets Nation and hashtag that. Uh, the hashtag Get Fuzzy. Yeah. Because we're making that a thing. Hashtag puke and Jones popcorn bucket. <laughs> puke and Jones popcorn bucket. Hashtag non better now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but does so, but the best way to to join both Whistling Disney and Three Sheets Nation is to go over to Facebook. Facebook.com slash group slash three sheets to the mouse or Whistling Disney. What are you guys at? It's same thing, Facebook dot com backslash groups backslash whistling disney so scott actually said it wrong it's uh groups slash three sheets it's oh, not to the three mouse. sheets it's just yeah or ju- or just search in the search bar jesus we we've really been doing this a lot harder yeah we're not we're not fucking we're not i'm not mark Zuckerberg. programmers here just you use the goddamn search bar like an adult yeah so just make sure when all 10,000 of y'all listen to this podcast at Three Sheets whenever they drop this. You go and you go and click our measly little link 
to Whistling Disney. Maybe we could go from 80, what, 76 followers to 80? <laughs> yeah, That's right. That's our goal. Yeah. We're and shooting like for 100. Mom, we want to go to 100 followers. We got a lot of if, family followers. If, if, how many, fo- how many followers Fuck do you guys right. have like right now? 80 maybe? Drum roll. 89. 89. If they get to 150, I will get drunk as fuck and go on their show and talk about whatever the fuck they want Done. to talk about. And I'll be I'll be angry. We want to hear happy, I'll be sad. The whatever whatever of you want. Puke into the popcorn bucket. <laughs> so so basically a Friday night. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> So if you really want to act, interact with us, head over to the Facebook groups, facebook.com slash groups slash three sheets or facebook.com slash groups slash whistling Disney. That's where you can become part of our groups. They're fun. If you're a sheeter, head over to whistling Disney, follow them, join them. It's a lot of fun. You'll get notifications when they put out an episode. Cause it's just, you know what? We, we don't really have a couples podcast, a couples Disney podcast where it's just a man and his woman Talking about Disney. A man is a little lady. Yeah, I mean... What about a woman and her man? Oh, well, fuck. Here we go. Oh, that too. <laughs> but, I mean, it's true. It's true because, I will, I will tell you, we love you guys, and that you guys inspired us to podcast. There's no doubt about that, right? I mean, Sydney, I mean... We found them by that. Yeah, I mean, we, we, were looking to, we were looking to do this, and we found three sheets. But I will say that being a man with his lady... It gives me a whole different perspective. I mean, I listen, I listen to you guys. I listen to you guys, and I absolutely love it. But when I get to experience Disney with Disney with Sydney, which if you change two letters, it's Disney. Yen Sid, just call her Yen Sid. Yen Sid. <laughs> what about your heterosexual life partner that you shower with? Why is that in this podcast episode <laughs> at all? I don't He's still understand. trying to forget it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you keep bringing it up. Sydney would. I rub soap on your chest. Timmy wanted to skip that in our honeymoon recap, but I kind of like blurted it in there. But anyway. <laughs> it was your fucking idea. Yeah, it, for three it sheets. My, it was my idea. <laughs> anyway, it's something special when you when you get to experience Disney with someone that is like is your life partner. No matter who they are, it's an amazing feat. I always say Disney is better experienced with friends. Lifelong Absolutely. friends, no matter if they're if your your friend every day or your friend that lives halfway across the the U.S., Disney is always better with friends. Absolutely love it, and and every day I would say that that's the way to go. Disney um, is Disney is always better with good drinks and good company. Absolutely. Yes, and thank you, Scott, for having us on with you guys. Yeah, we had fun no, for sure. No, thank you for letting us be a part of your show too, because. This is this is one of our first crossover episodes, and so we want to, we want to thank you for for joining us. Uh, so, Trent, give me some closing remarks for tonight. Oh, I wish I could eat that cold beef out of that refrigerator. I bet it was amazing, again. even cold. In someone else's hotel room where they weren't there. Where were we? Hey, were you on a shitty mattress or were you on the good mattress? No, I don't even remember. Uh, I definitely had the beauty rest. You guys had the camper mattress. <laughs> Don't even get me riled up over that, please. You got. You guys had the all-star mattress. We also mattress. didn't get certificates for going to four parks in one day. Um, but that it, it was a great trip. I'm glad you guys got to experience um that restaurant. It's it's. I mean, I I can only assume how fantastic it is just from looking at the menu. Um. 
and and listening to your you got to taste a you got to taste a quarter of it. of it. I did. I got to try some chocolates, and I could have I could have tried more, but I didn't want to get greedy because I thought you guys were gonna maybe eat it later, and then you just didn't, and then we were leaving, and it was fucking still there, and I couldn't eat it all at once because then I looked like a savage, and then maybe Brand um, will take you one night. Oh shit, Brand. Power <laughs> too, or you better get yourself dinner? a Disney Rewards card. I already have one, motherfucker. Save that shit, baby. Save it. Yeah, we already spent all. That's how we covered our food and wine bill this past. So, it's <laughs> we kind of did the same thing. Um, but I, I'm glad you guys came on to experience this and, and uh, share your experience with with uh, with three sheets. Thank you. So, so Sydney. Give us some closure remarks. Your first time on the show, give us some closure remarks. Yeah, no, I'm just thankful uh, that you let us come on. And I know you said it's your first crossover episode and you probably won't get any followers because the only followers we have are family and three sheep people. Hey, but, uh, hey, you know what? Family is family. I think most of them are in the group already. That's why I have I think to be careful what I say. I think that's a country song, actually. Family is family? Yeah. Hey, I What's like it. Oh, yeah, Casey Musgraves. Yeah. Casey Musgraves. I like country. Believe it or not, I we like country. We do, too. We like country. Yeah. I, I know, love I'm country. Just, I'm thankful. It was a great trip, and I'm glad I got to tell you guys about it. I appreciate it. So, Brant, wrap this up. Wrap it up. Oh, God, this could be all night. This could be all night. I mean, I'll say I'm, I'm so happy that Sydney allowed us to go to Disney for our honeymoon because... Initially, this started off as a much bigger trip to a Caribbean island that was going to cost about just as much money as us buying fucking DVC. Um, so, with that being said, I think it was a great idea. I'm glad we decided to do this. Um, like we talked about earlier in the episode, it wasn't extremely relaxing. Or maybe we talked about that in the in the Whistling Disney episode. Disney never is. In the in the uh, yeah, it wasn't extremely relaxing vacation. However. For a Disney vacation, it was extremely relaxing. We doubted back a whole lot, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed spending a lot of extra time with Sydney doing nothing in Disney and soaking it in. I liked the resort, uh, especially on the pool day. There were some other things about the resort that were uh, less intriguing, but overall, the trip was great. Um, I thought it was incredible that we get to spend seven days with Trent and Stephanie. Uh, they're some of our best friends, and it was super enjoyable uh, to do that. Um, I think we had a very good balance of time with them, time with Sydney and I, uh, and it was great. And Victoria and Albert's was definitely the highlight of the trip. Um, when we were there, it it was absolutely just Sydney and I in the room, which was which was pretty incredible. Amazing adventure. Uh, culinary adventure but also amazing adventure in Disney and something that we, we, we never dreamed that her and I uh, would get to do so super amazing thank you for having us on to get to talk about this uh, thank you for letting us focus almost two hours on this one meal um, and getting to release it as part of Three Sheets Quickie and as part of Whistling Disney uh, I you know couldn't have asked for a better couple hours with you guys to talk about this so thank you very much well look like i said we we love having you on disney is about family disney is about friends and anytime we can have family and friends on the show 
it's it's amazing and so i am honored to say on your podcast and ours from all of us here at three sheets the mouse and whistling disney thank you for making our show part of your disney life thank you for your time this time and until next time so long for just a while and thank you Your quickie has turned into over an hour and 40 minutes. You know what? You know what? I always intend to do quickies and they just turn into long episodes because Three Sheets Nation. Because he's such a giver. That's why. Because he's just such a a giver. I'm a giver, not a taker.